there is a double standard that black athletes have when playing in these games. And I think that that double standard goes to, you know, the media talks about the trash talk, the way that we may be perceived compared to other players when we're just showing that same emotion for the game. How, like you said, like how Angel was perceived when she was doing her trash talking compared to how Caitlin Clark was perceived. And obviously both of them, like they're just being competitive. I think it just brought awareness to what black athletes have to go through but Mm -hmm. I think it was super cool like some of my favorite actresses or like people that I follow who are super famous like talking about it tweeting about it just showing their support for like Angel Reese Um, I thought that was pretty cool so it sucks that like this is all happening but I think it's just bringing more awareness to like these issues that black people have to go through. No, I couldn't agree more. When I saw Viola Davis posting about Angel, I said, oh, my girl. I was huge snaps for her. And I love, I love Viola. Yeah. Welcome back to Sometimes I Hoop. I'm your host, Haley Jones, recently retired Stanford Hooper. And I've officially announced I'm headed to the WNBA draft. So no bonus COVID year for me. But this isn't about me. I've got one of my friends and a Pac-12 rival. Quick humble brag, UCLA's leading scorer for the past three seasons, all Pac-12 performer year in and year out, and the spark plug who led her team to the Sweet 16. We have Charisma Osborne. Thank you for being on today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Oh, of course. So we'll just kind of jump into it. You told me just a bit ago that we have some news. So I would love for you to break your news with us here. Yeah, so I decided that I'm going to take my fifth year at UCLA. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. And next year I'll enter the draft, obviously, but super excited to come back. That's amazing. Huge congratulations. (laughs) So what do you think made you decide, you know, we all have the fifth year. What, What was your reasoning why you wanted to come back? Is there something you feel like unfinished business? Is there something else? Let, let us in on the decision-making process. Yeah, I think there was a lot of different things. Obviously, I go to UCLA, which is an amazing university. So going back and getting my master's degree, like that's super nice. And then even just this year, like I had so much fun with my team and Um, You know, like we both came in as freshmen and COVID like kind of messed things up our first year. And then the second year was the bubble. And then last year was not the greatest for our team. But this past year, it kind of felt like the most normal. And I was like, I kind of expected that the last four years to be like that. So I kind of just really enjoyed it. And I wanted to experience it again and like love my teammates and my coaches and the people at UCLA. So just to be able to like go back and be around them for one more year. I'm excited to do that. Yeah, you're completely right. This was really our one normal season. Yeah. Like, even last year, there were some games where it was no fans or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So we kind of got a little taste of it. And I'm excited that you're going to get another yeah. one. And yeah. you guys return a core group next year. So mm-hmm. you must be excited to play with them again. Yeah, I'm super excited. We basically would have like almost our whole team back. Like I think maybe two or three people are leaving from being seniors and stuff but we basically have our whole team back and like even as you know like we had a super young team last year so Mm -hmm. just like our freshmen getting experience and then people who have played like having a veteran group as well so I'm excited I think next year will be really fun yeah you guys you guys return a lot of talent and you bring in good talent as well so it'll be very exciting to watch it'll be weird watching you know my old retired self now I guess (laughs) even though it's same age like coming back and watching games like it's gonna be exciting to watch from a different perspective 
But I mean, you talked about you guys had a great run this year and last year definitely wasn't the way that you wanted to end. But you guys made it to the Sweet 16 and we'll get into that later. But we got to talk about the championship game this past Sunday. LSU showed (laughs) up and it was wild all around. I was watching from the Dallas airport Chili's and I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) But I mean, what were your thoughts about the game? Did you expect it to go that way or what did you think? Yeah, it was crazy. I didn't know what to expect. Obviously, both teams are really good teams. You wouldn't make it that far if you weren't mm-hmm. a great team. Even I was watching the men's game yesterday and I was like, oh, yeah, the women's game was way more exciting. <laughs> yeah. um, but obviously, both teams have really great players. And I thought it was really cool, even especially for LSU to like have some some of the players who come off the bench really step up, especially in the first half. So I enjoyed it. Like I was watching it with my friends and stuff like that. So we were like texting back and forth and like, yeah. Um, just like live tweeting it kind of a little bit. So it was super fun. And even just to see on Twitter, like everyone talking about the game, like it's it's just been really cool to see for women's basketball. hundred percent. I mean, you mentioned the men's game. I honestly forgot there was a game yesterday for the exactly. men. I, like, I was like, wow, their tournament is still going on. And then I yeah. turned on and I was watching and I was like, it just isn't the same energy that I'm getting from it. And I feel like just the pub around our tournament this year, was crazy. Like sleeper teams coming out the blue, you know, upsets to this and that, players going stupid. And like somebody yeah. like Jasmine Carson coming in the game yesterday and going crazy. Like it's insane to see just the talent across the country. And I feel like this year's tournament has got to be the wildest one since we've For been sure. in school. I think it really, For sure. yeah, nothing is really paralleled to it. But I know coming after the championship game, there's a lot of tea out there on the internet about that game, yeah. whether it be. <laughs> The refing, the technical fouls, talking about that Angel and Caitlin trash talk. I know for yeah. me, I was I was here for all of it. I thought that, Same. you know, <laughs> I love I love the tea, and I think that, you know, it's great to just see like that competitive nature that I think mm-hmm. a lot of people don't kind of correlate to women's sports in general. And so for it to be on the biggest stage, and you have a huge personality on both teams, and you know, just all the. You have Flage, who's doing this amazing stuff, rapping and hooping, mm-hmm. and Angel's just been on a rampage all year with double-doubles yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just speaking her mind. And so what did you have to think? You know, what were your thoughts about all the tea coming out after the game? Yeah, um, it was definitely interesting. Like, obviously, we've never really seen anything like this before. Like, it's popping up, like, on Instagram, on TikTok, mm-hmm. like, everywhere. So, like, that's pretty cool just to see that, like, women's basketball is being talked about a lot. But I'm honestly, I would say I'm probably the biggest trash talker on my team. So I was for it. Like, (laughs) I think it makes basketball exciting. It makes it fun, like, playing against other teams and, like, just being super competitive. So I was so here for it. Um, It was super fun to watch. And like I said, both teams played really well. So um, I think it was just really good for women's basketball. I love seeing all the pub around it. And I think, you know, it honestly just brings more eyes to the game in general. For sure. You know, it may not be the stuff that we want to talk about, but it's bringing more eyes to women's basketball and just more coverage. But I think what I find so interesting about the whole thing is like you mentioned, the media created such a divide. It was like your mm-hmm. team, Caitlin, or your team, Angel. But yeah. in reality, like as athletes, no matter, I feel like in our generation, like we have relationships off the court. And so Mm -hmm. I know uh, stuff just came out about Caitlin, but it was just her saying that, 
you know, she has nothing but love for Angel and the respect. And it's just in the heat of the game, things are going to be set. But after the game, yeah. it's whatever. Like when yeah. we play each other, we play enemy of the pack. Like there's going to be trash talk. We're going to be up yeah. each other. It's physical. It's this and that. But after the game, I see when the handshake lines, it's like, hey, good game. Yeah. Hugs, whatever. But like the media does such a job about just like making it bigger than it is or just people mm -hmm. on Twitter being like, oh my gosh, I bet these girls hate each other. I bet this yeah. and that, like just jumping to conclusions. When in reality, we have these relationships off social media where it's really just in the heat of the competitive game. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, I think it's like the quote, like, okay, on the court, obviously we're not friends really. But then as soon as, like, it's like a basketball game, like, yeah, as like, Obviously, it's an important part of our life, but like it's just a basketball game and like there's just bigger things in the world and like there's just so much love for each player. And like we just respect when we play Stanford, like we respect you guys so much and like vice versa to like yep. all of the teams in the Pac-12. So I think the media did do a great job of just trying <laughs> to like make it one way or the other. But at the end of the day, it's all love. Yeah, I totally agree. So, I mean, moving back a little bit to the 2022-23 season, was there a team that, you know, surprised you or in the beginning of the season you would have never thought about that ended up making a run in the tournament or even in the pack? Okay, I have two teams. So definitely okay. Miami. I mean, I didn't really hear much about them all year long, honestly. Mm -hmm. So it was crazy to see them make it to the Elite Eight, I think, mm -hmm. which is pretty mm -hmm. cool, especially like the teams that you don't really expect, like just to see them make it that far and like see how happy their team was. Like, yeah. I think that's always super cool to see. And then even Colorado, like making it to the sweet 16, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was really cool for them. And I think they were a sleeper team all year. Like even yeah. in the PAC 12, like no one <laughs> expected them to finish top three. I think they finished mm -hmm. um, or top four. I don't know, but yeah, they were a sleeper team all year long. So it was cool to see them make it far in the tournament. No, Colorado is a sleeper team every year. Like for Pac-12 people, we know how tough they are to play. But for other yeah. conferences, they're like, oh, you know, like they're cracking the top 25. Like how tough are they? Why are they giving people problems? But when you go play at CU, the mm -hmm. energy there is wild. And I feel like they're one of those teams that like when they're away, they're still good, right? When they're on the mm -hmm. road, they're doing this. But when they're home, it's a yeah. whole different ball game. Like they're locked in, Facts. they're physical, they're this and that. It's actually wild. But Colorado's always a sleeper team for me. And I guess jumping off that, is there a specific player that really kind of like jumped out or made their mark this mm -hmm. season? Or even just in the pack or anybody that you can think of that kind of was a sleeper? Yeah. Um, in the Pac-12, I definitely think Alyssa Peely. Like, she was mm -hmm. balling this year. She was hoping. She was hoping. <laughs> like, unstoppable, actually. But yeah. obviously, I think she was hurt majority of the year last year. So, like, just to see her, like, bounce back from her freshman year um, and play really well and, like, win Pac-12 Player of the Year and just get, like, all of the recognition. Because I don't think a lot of Pac-12 players get that all the time. So, like, to see her do that and, like, kind of bring Utah to the top. And obviously it's a team sport. So like all of their players, but just to see like what she did in her first year at Utah, I think that was pretty cool. No, I couldn't agree more. She was, she was like the top of the scout 
But then yeah. you go down that list of that Utah roster and you got Gianna and Jenna Johnson yeah. and it, the list just goes <laughs> on and on and on. But Alyssa was definitely the engine of that team this year and she she killed it, which was so she awesome. Did. But we talked a little bit about, you know, the talent in the Pac-12, team by team, individual players. So we've had the conference debate on the pod on who is the best okay. conference. And I talked about a little bit on the last one was completely biased opinion. I'm going Pac-12, right? We mm -hmm. both got to see it. The scouts, the talent, top to bottom, the pace that we play with. There's so many different weapons. Is the pack. But if I'm going unbiased and I saw like two SEC teams in the Final Four, I might have to give my nod to them <laughs> outside of the pack. I would give them okay. a very, very close second. But how about you? Yeah, obviously I got to go with the pack. Yeah. Um, I just think it's very diverse. Like you just see so many different styles, which I think is why Pac-12 teams do so well in the tournament because they're seeing different styles and they're prepared. But I do agree with you. The SEC did do really well this year. And like you said, two teams made it to the final four. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I'm always going to go with the pack. But the that's SEC the is like... You know, exactly. Back to back. SEC's <laughs> right under there. I'm with you. I'm with you. But I just, like, the talent across the country has been wild. Been For wild. Sure. Like, everybody's just been so good. But you said, you said it perfectly. There's so many different styles of play in the pack. I feel mm -hmm. like it varies if you go from in Oregon, where it's all about, like, their offense and how they're executing. And then Oregon State is very set-driven. And then you get to yeah. teams like Arizona and Colorado, where defensive fueling their offense so yeah. it's it's interesting going into every weekend and it's like a different <laughs> vibe for every scout it's like for sure. okay this game's rebounding this game take care of the ball like there's so yeah. many different things to focus on I guess we'll take it back a little bit about your basketball journey so mm -hmm. in AAU you did EYBL for quite some time right with Cal Sparks mm -hmm. So what was it like, you know, playing on the EYBL circuit? Do you think that that gave you exposure or like, was there a specific tournament that you think put you on the map? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did Cal Sparks like for three years and then mm -hmm. my final year I did um, West Coast Premier, but I only kind of did like a couple tournaments because we made the USA team. So we didn't get to really have our last year of AAU, but I definitely think EYBL like has such great exposure for teams like all of the top college coaches are there at the games and watching your games and things like that but I really think going into my final year of AAU like that that summer when we went to Boo Williams like that kind of was like okay like I can go and play at a really good college and things like that and then obviously I made the USA team that was honestly the best year of my life now I'm thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> so much went well yeah it was just uphill that year um <laughs> but I definitely think that EYBL puts a lot of great players on the map and like just really displays a lot of great talent no I couldn't agree more and we talked a little bit about USA basketball but USA I think that's when we met for the first time yeah mm -hmm. and so I need to hear we talked about first impressions on other episodes but what was your first impression of me and then I'll get mine of, of you <laughs> um okay like actually talking or just like watching basketball? We can do both. We can do okay. both. Okay. Basketball, obviously, I was like, okay, she's a hooper. Like she's <laughs> out there doing what she needs to do. And I was like, oh yeah, she's making the team for sure. She's definitely <laughs> making the team. <laughs> I'm weak. Um, but then first impressions, I thought you were really nice. Like I feel like we had never met each other, but 
even like the media, like obviously you're from Northern California. I'm from yeah. Southern California. So I felt like they kind of try to like pit us like, oh, Haley or Charisma, like, you know, mm-hmm. so the first time seeing you, like, I was like, oh yeah, she's really nice. Like the media just makes it seem like there's this big rivalry here and it's not. Yeah. Um, but I thought you were really nice, super cool and funny. And it was just great, like playing with you and being on the team with you. No, I couldn't agree. Like when I, the media between NorCal and SoCal was definitely like, it's one or the other. One's yeah. better. Who is it? When in reality, we have such different styles of playing and exactly. like both being so good, but just we play so differently. And so I feel like when I was at USA, that was the first time I really got to watch you. And I was like, oh, she's a bucket. Like what? <laughs> she's hooping. She's doing this and that. And I feel like the way that you kind of judge people at USA is you're like, oh, she's making the team. Oh, she's going to get cut. Oh, Oh, this and that. Yeah. And like, you never know how you're actually going to interact with somebody. And so watching you, I remember I was watching with like Fran and Aaliyah and we're like, oh, she's a bucket. They're like, who's this? I'm like, yes. Like, this is the girl from SoCal. She's a bucket. (laughs) And then we finally get to talking and whatnot. We make the final 18 and all this stuff. And we actually get to talk. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, you make kind of like conclusions or assumptions about how somebody's going to be. And I'm like, is she going to be nice? Because when you play... You're so intense. Yeah, I'm so locked in, bro. You're I'm locked, locked in. in. And so I'm like, wow, like, is she going to want to talk to me? Does she hate me? I don't know. And so when we actually talked, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's so nice. And just so funny. Just having so much fun. And like that summer, it was so fun. I feel like so going to, uh, where'd we go? Latvia, Lithuania, and like Belarus. Belarus I was a little yeah. nervous. But I think that the team Facts. we had, it made it so much fun. And so yeah. everybody got along. We had a great time. I remember we were always goofing around with Sam because she brought freaking ketchup <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> you talked a little bit about that summer, but what's your what's your favorite USA memory or USA story from that group? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I don't know if I should reveal this, but hey, why not? It's been a while. Do you I'm remember intrigued. after we won the game and we were like, oh yeah, we're going to go out. Like we were talking to France or some team and we yep. were like, we're going to sneak out the hotel and mm-hmm. go to their party. And then we got to the party and they were like drinking and like stuff. And like, obviously we're 17 and like, you know, yeah, we we're like, okay, this is not really our scene. Like we're going to go back. And then Carol Callen's son was right <laughs> was behind right us there. and caught us. So yeah, that was crazy. I was not expecting that at all, but no. that was super fun. Like looking back, like we were so dumb for just going, like in a country we don't know, like that exactly. was kind of wild. No, I that's the story I always think of is just the fact that we made it probably two steps into the party and then we're getting yanked out and we're like, all right. I think the other few things I think about that trip was one, the uh, the exchange of clothes in the hallways of the hotel oh after we gosh. won. It was just like everybody. It was France was at our room, Australia, Japan, Mali. Every team. All <laughs> up on our floor trying to trade for USA gear. Yeah. I was over here. I still have. I had like a Spain game jersey. And what <laughs> did I trade in return? A USA sports bra. I was like, take it. And they just wanted the <laughs> USA gear. I was like, this is wild. Like I was pulling up into yeah. girls' rooms, grabbing me up in there, talking about, Haley, give me your socks. Give me your socks. I'm like, oh, what you finna give me? I'm getting warm-up jackets. I'm getting this and that. I'm just trading away anything and everything. Yeah. It was wild. It was wild. They were like fangirling. It was kind of weird, especially because Jordan was my roommate. Mm-hmm. So, and she had won the MVP. So like they were 
trying to talk to her like we literally had to like run to our room and like shut our door and like prepare ourselves to go out there but it was crazy (laughs) no it was definitely mental prep and then I also remember the food that we had at that hotel not the best I remember breakfast I thought they said breakfast sausage and I go look and it was hot dogs in a pool of (laughs) hot dog water I said oh no ma'am this is this ain't no breakfast sausage where's the Jimmy Dean where's that I was not prepared. But you yeah, say, we definitely lived off of bread, the bread and butter. The bread sure. and butter smacked day in yeah. and day out. And I remember I, I discovered sugar rice on that trip. My mom told me, I said, oh, this doing it for me. Pre-game, yeah. post-game meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Just Fact. what I need in my life. <laughs> kind of off USA Basketball, we could talk a little bit about recruiting, but when did the process start for you? I know for some people it started middle school and for others, somebody like Fran, she didn't even start playing to high school. So when did that, wow. <laughs> when did that recruiting process start for you? I would say like seventh grade-ish. And then mm-hmm. I got my first offer from USC actually like at the end of eighth grade. So I guess, it, yeah, it started in middle school, which was pretty cool. Like just getting like Obviously, looking back, like letters, they're so generic. Like everyone gets the same message saying they can't contact you until your junior year. But I did think it was like super cool at the time, like even just knowing that colleges and coaches were interested in me and like wanting me to play at their university. So it was pretty cool. No, definitely. I remember I got recruited around the same time, like seventh grade, or the eighth grade is when it started picking up. But I'm any school that hit me up. I was like, oh my God, I love you. I want to go to your school. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I'm like, this is my mountaintop. I will go anywhere. I remember telling my mom, UC Santa Barbara was like the first school that reached out to me in the seventh grade. And I was like, go Gauchos. This is, <laughs> and I, I remember I ran into the coach a few months ago and um, I told her the story and she was like, I wish you did it. <laughs> I wish you would have done it. I was like, I was prepared to commit to your school in the seventh grade. I... I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, this is this is my peak. This is how good I am. Um, so, you know, it's, it's funny. The recruiting is crazy and it lasts so mm-hmm. long. You know, you're starting your recruiting at 13 and you don't even make your decision until you're like 17, 18, getting exactly. out of college. Yeah. So how did you go through starting to wean down your choices? Like what were your non-negotiables when looking at a school? What were your main priorities? I thought education was kind of a big thing for me just because like I went to a really good high school so that was like super important to me so even in the schools that I had like in my final five I don't remember them but like Duke was in it like USC UCLA like those are good academic schools obviously so that was really important to me and then I was still trying to like balance if I wanted to go home if I or like stay home or like go away for college so I did have some schools like further away, but then I did have USC and um, UCLA close. And I think the relationships just like was super important to me and with my coaches and like what exactly they would expect from me going to UCLA. Was basketball the only thing there? Like, was I going to be cared for as a player and a person and not just one or the other? And then obviously I wanted to go somewhere that Um, had great achievements like obviously Jordan Canada Monique Billings like they were all there and they really kind of put UCLA back on the map so just to like kind of follow in their footsteps a little bit and kind of take over like that was kind of important to me as well so 
I think those were like the main things. And obviously like when on my visit, I was like, okay, I love it here. But then I was also like, I love playing in front of my family and friends, like having them come to my games and be able to support me like that was just so much fun and so big for me. So I think both like UCLA was such a great fit for me, but also like keeping in the back of my head, like, okay, this is fun. Like I get to play in front of my mom, my sister, my, my dad, like whatever the case may be. So it's been really cool, honestly, being able to have like my family and friends come to the games and just be able to support me. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like my grandparents have season tickets and then my mom and dad are at every game. And I feel like I'm always the one asking the team, okay, so who has extra tickets to send me? Because I have these people same. coming. Like I'm always the one scouting, like even preseason. I'm like, so I need 12 tickets for this game. Oh, senior yeah. night, I need 20. Like I'm, I'm ahead of the game. All of our overseas players, they know any extra tickets, it goes to Haley first. So every weekend they're like, do you need them or can I give them away? So there's, it's it's definitely, I, I get it. Playing in front of the family yeah. is, is huge. For sure. Um, but, you know, freshman year, you come in and y'all had a strong veteran class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you still average 12 a game, which is a lot as a freshman. And I feel like people don't understand that's a lot <laughs> as a freshman. But how much did you learn from that class um, your freshman year? Did they kind of show you the ropes? Did you expect to have such an impact your freshman year? Was there ups and downs? Kind of take me through that. Well, there was Japrice and Allie who were amazing seniors to me, and I still talk to them today. So they're just amazing people in general. But honestly, I did not expect the impact that I was going to have my freshman year. I was just like, okay, I chose to stay home. Like I need to be on the court at some point like this would just be very awkward if like all of my family and friends are here and I just never play so I was like okay like I need to at least see like five minutes something so I didn't really expect to like be starting every game and things like that but obviously like I know myself and I know that I was going to work hard and do whatever I could to like be able to impact my team so I'm grateful that I was able to make that impact and be able to play a lot. And I think because of that, I got to learn so much from Japrice. And she's still like texting me, calling me today and like giving me Mm -hmm. advice on like things I can do better and stuff like that. And I think a little bit, I kind of took for granted like her being on the team because from my sophomore year, like freshman year to sophomore year, like being like the lead guard and now like the whole scouting reports like on you, like there's Mm -hmm. such a drastic change (laughs) from that. So like, I do miss like being like, okay, like the second guard and like being able to not have the best player guard me and things like that. Um, So those were like the good old days, but I definitely think the seniors had such a great impact. And like, I learned so much from them as people, as players and all of my teammates, really, they've taught me so much and I've just enjoyed playing with them. Those seniors, my freshman year, they really, Mm -hmm. you know, helped me get through because sometimes (laughs) it's, it's tough as a freshman. (laughs) And I know I have so many horror stories from that year of just getting ripped in the film room or just getting worked at practice, whatever it may be. But do you have, you know, a film horror story or just a tough game that is burned into your memory from your freshman year? Oh God. Um, I get I feel like I get ripped more now, honestly, than I did back my freshman year, but I did get ripped sometimes. I feel like the worst thing, this was so long ago, I feel old. Oh, this burned like I don't think I got completely ripped, but when we played Oregon at UCLA my freshman year, I probably had the worst game of my life. I could not make a three-point shot to save my life. I oh, was no. like 
it was just the worst. Like, you know, and like probably like a top 10 matchup, Mm -hmm. something like you're super excited for. Like there were so many people there and stuff like that. And I could not make a shot to save my life. And that was rough for me. But I bounced back the next game. I I think I have my career high the next game after. So I love it. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was that was rough. But I do get (laughs) ripped sometimes. And and like, obviously, as you get older, like, it's easier to be able to take it because you've been hearing it for so long. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's tough. It's rough out there. Sometimes it's rough. For me, my burned into my memory games. Yeah, I still <laughs> I still get, you know, ripped for this. Or it's the butt of a lot of jokes with me and Fran is our sophomore year when we played this the LA swing, we played at UCLA and at USC. Those were two of my worst shooting performances of my life, to the point where I was like just, you know, making moves around the rim. I had open looks at the rim, missing them, right? Mm-hmm. It got to the point where during a timeout, we were playing, y'all. Tara came up, me and Fran were not making any layups. Tara came up to me and Fran and said, you know, guys, your layups will fall. I said, oh, damn. I said, layups. <laughs> your layups will fall is crazy because... That's rock bottom for sure. <laughs> I was like, that's the roughest thing. I've Because I've heard, you know, Haley, don't make that pass. Don't do this, yeah, that yeah. shot. But your layups will fall. Have You having to yeah. tell me that, that sent me over the edge. I was like, no. Nope. I'm done. Today's not the day for me. And so wait, that's that, funny because actually that game, now that you say that, that probably is my worst moment. Yeah. Like getting ripped. Like our whole team, because we lost to you guys. And I don't even remember how much we lost to you guys by, but we got ripped so bad. Cause it was like the I don't know, there was some type of break. I think it was like right mm-hmm. before like winter break or something like that. Yeah. So we watched the game every single day in practice and like there's eight (laughs) of us on the team so like you're in every clip like there's no hiding escaping yeah you're in every clip so we watch every quarter and they were (laughs) like our coaches were so mad about it so like we literally would go back and just like keep watching the same clip and like there would be a new point and they'd be like not to beat the dead horse but and then keep going keep going (laughs) but um so yeah, now that you say that, that was that was a rough point for us. <laughs> Just bringing up trauma over here. <laughs> oh my god, because that's it's so funny because we also watched that film, and the whole film was watching Michaela get oh bored, oh bored, really? oh bored. Yes, and it's every single clip that someone knew. And so Tara's favorite thing is okay, let's watch it again, and then she'll say what she thinks, run it back, and then if it's me, she go, so Haley, why don't you box out? What were you thinking? <laughs> and I sit there. There's no winning. What do I say? I forgot. I didn't hit right. her hard enough. I just didn't grab it. There's no <laughs> winning. And then she goes, Fran, why didn't you do it? You know, Ashton, I gave you a chance. Why don't you do it? <laughs> and then it's just, you know, why'd you go under on charisma? Oh, why didn't you chase her? Oh, you know, Lacey, what'd you do? And there's something for every single person. There's really, there's no escaping, which is the tough thing. The film doesn't lie. <laughs> the film doesn't lie. But, you know, you talked a little bit about growth from freshman to senior year and you're still getting ripped now, but there, I'm sure <laughs> there's been lots of growth still. How do you, <laughs> how do you think the team has evolved from, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, U.S. only at eight people to now and you and Cameron and Gina are those veteran leaders that you guys had. So what was, you know, the biggest evolution that you saw within the program from your teammates? You know, how did you guys become the team that you are now? I think especially last year was like a big part of how we are today. 
like last year was like a shock to us, like not making the tournament um, and then not playing as well. And like, obviously we had a lot of injuries and a lot of things that were like out of our control, but still not even being able to make the tournament. Like I couldn't have predicted that happening in my four years in college. So I think that was just super crucial into this year and like wanting to change the culture and make sure that like everyone was working hard all of the time and that we were always putting the team first, regardless of like what your stats look like or like how well you're playing, like how can you put the team first and do what's best for the team? So I think the seniors that I had my freshman year and even my sophomore year did like a really great job at like showing that culture, which made it easier for like me and Cameron and Gina and Brent to like be able to withhold that standard that they had for our teams in the past. So I think that was super helpful this year. And like, obviously we had freshmen and they did a great job of just like learning from us and being able to carry on like what we were telling them onto the court. So Obviously, it's like a group effort. Like you, if you're going to lead, you need people to follow you, obviously. So I think the freshmen did a great job of following us veterans and us seniors. Yeah, I mean, it's it's both ways. It's talking, but actually creating a relationship where people are going to listen. Because if it's yeah. just talking at a brick wall, then nothing's going to get yeah. done. And so half, <laughs> right. of the, half the journey is the buy-in. You talked a little bit about, you know, you guys not making the tournament last year mm-hmm. and then being unranked at the beginning of the season— and now, you know, you're top 15 consistently throughout the year. You're making the Sweet 16. Did you expect for that trajectory? Did you kind of take it, you know, a little personally, like you're not going to rank us with the team that we have? What was it like kind of going on the journey that you guys had to, you know, making a Sweet 16 run? Was it you're going to prove people wrong? We belong in the rankings. What was your mindset heading into this season? It's actually interesting because... I didn't really have much expectation of like the media. I was just like, okay, people are going to say what they want to say regardless. Like they don't know any of us really personally. So like let them say whatever that they want to say. But obviously you'd never know like how freshmen are going to come in. Like Mm -hmm. if they're going to be able to come in and adjust really quickly or like you never know how long it's going to take. So I didn't really know. Like we had a lot of new freshmen in and then Gina coming back and we had like new players this year who maybe hadn't played in the past. So So it was definitely like a balance, like in the summer, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be rough as we start getting into practice Uh just because we had so many new people and them trying to learn all of the things and kind of like catch up a little bit. But I think as the season went on, like, I was like, okay, wait, this team can be something really special. Like, obviously we're super young and there's going to be freshmen, like they're going to make freshman mistakes. We all been there done that but just to see like how much we've grown from the beginning to the end like I think we deserve to be a top 15 team like Mm -hmm. the the way that we started playing towards the end I think just showed that but I'm super proud of this team and like how we started off unranked and just to see like how we made it to the sweet 16 at the end like that was just super fun and like super rewarding to see like all of the work that we put in in the summer and preseason just like come to fruition yeah And I mean, so heading into that Sweet 16 game, you guys had already played South Carolina in November. And you Mm -hmm. were one of, I believe, four teams to not lose to them by double digits, which (laughs) which is crazy. (laughs) But I mean, you guys held your own in that first game. And heading into the second one, the Sweet 16, did you guys feel confident? Did you change anything? What were kind of the vibes headed into that Sweet 16 game? Yeah, I think we felt pretty confident. We obviously had a good game leading into that game. So, and even just like our run in the Pac-12 tournament and then Mm -hmm. how we played our first two NCAA 
games, I think we were pretty confident about like how we were playing. And obviously we knew South Carolina was going to be a good team and it wouldn't be easy to stop them. Like they have Aaliyah Boston, like all those players. I can name so many players on their team. But I do think we were confident. Obviously, we did not get the outcome we wanted and we lost by more than what we lost by the first time. But obviously, there's still time to like look at those games and see like, okay, like what could we have done better and things like that. But South Carolina played really well and it's just, you know, they're just a great team. It was it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. We needed to rebound. We needed to do a lot of things. But um, still, like it doesn't, regardless of the outcome of that game, it doesn't take away from like how well the team played all year long. Yeah, no, you guys had a great season and a great run. I mean, the Pac-12 run, y'all went crazy in the tournament and then you <laughs> kept that momentum going and you got the top four seed where you had to play at home, which I know is huge. Yeah. But, you know, moving off the court a little bit, we could talk about the NIL space. And mm-hmm. how has the NIL process been for you? So for me, honestly, this year, I kind of was like taking a step back, kind of just like trying to enjoy my senior year and like just experience it. And finally, it was normal. So I was just trying to really like focus on basketball and school and just like the college life. But I feel like it's changed now. Like I've recently... I don't know if I'm supposed to announce it comes out tomorrow anyways, but um, I signed with clutch sports. So I'm going to be doing that with NIL with clutch sports this year. So I think this year I'll probably take it more seriously and be more interested in certain things. But this year I didn't really do too much with it, but I did think it was cool. Like seeing everyone, like seeing the things that you were doing, seeing the things that other people were doing around the country. Like it's just super cool to see um, people being able to take advantage of themselves and not have to like hide all of these things because the NCAA said that it wasn't okay for us to like make money off of ourselves, which is crazy, but mm-hmm. it's super cool to see people be able to do that now. Yeah. Signing with Clutch is going to be exciting. And yeah. it's so much fun watching everybody sign these cool deals across the country. And I think that, you know, some people might take it as, oh, I wish I had that or jealousy. But I think just like me and you having that look of just being excited for everyone. And it just, all it does is grow women's basketball and grow the mm-hmm. respect that people need to have for it. And so when I see somebody sign some crazy deal, I'm like, hey, yo, like, that's lit. I'm, yeah. I'm commenting, getting your bag, do this yeah. and that. And it's also cool, like, knowing everyone personally and knowing what they're into. And so with somebody mm-hmm. like Aaliyah, right, and we both see her wear Crocs literally everywhere. Right. And then I see the Crocs deal come out and I'm like, oh, it's only right. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> All this stuff. So I think it's so cool to see. But one thing that I've talked a lot about with friends or other people across the country is what it's like being in the space as a Black woman. And what it is, you know, the different hurdles that you have to jump through, the different type of companies that may want to work with you, some that may not. But Mm -hmm. how has it been for you navigating that space as a Black woman? Have there been challenges that you feel? Has it been, you know, you think it's been pretty normal? What has that been like? Yeah, I definitely think that's always going to be there, just being a Black woman. Like, the opportunities just aren't the same as for other Um, races and other people. Mm -hmm. So I think that's always just going to be like a hurdle in life until things start to change in terms of that. But like I said, I haven't really done too much with the NIL space, but I do think it's interesting like seeing, like when I do see things on social media, like who Mm -hmm. they decide to use as the face of like whatever company it may be. Like 
I think I do notice those things. And sometimes I am curious. I'm like, okay, like, I wonder why they chose that person or like why they didn't choose this person or like whatever the case may be. Like, and not out of jealousy or anything, but just like, okay, like maybe they chose a white person. Like, well, maybe could could they have chosen a black person or maybe both mm-hmm. people, who knows? Um, but I definitely think that that will be a hurdle just in life, unfortunately. And hopefully things change and get easier, but I definitely can see that in some spaces, especially like NIL, that that could be a thing. But I think right now, like with LSU and like Angel and um, Flaget, like just seeing them like get NIL deals and stuff like that. And obviously their team played really well. um, I think it's super cool to like see them get the hype and the publicity around like all of that. So um, hopefully those opportunities continue to come for black women. 100%. I think that you know, just seeing other Black women sign big deals and I'm sure like Angel and Flage, the growth that they're getting on social media, yeah. then they're going to get the recognition that they deserve signing deals and this and that. And then from that, it's just going to continue to open the door for the rest. So I think mm-hmm. that um, it's really exciting. But, you know, just talking about NIL and as you sign with Clutch and move into this next kind of phase of being a grad grad student now, which is fun for you, more school. But, <laughs> but what's what's the best advice that you've been given about the NIL space and branding yourself? I think the best advice is just be yourself. Like it's gonna be so hard if you're trying to be somebody else and be this person that you aren't like yeah. really are, I guess. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> just being yourself and being authentic in that. I think it just makes things easier, smoother. And yeah, so I would just say be yourself and it'll be more fun when you can be yourself and not feel like you have to put on this front or this like face or be this person that you're not. No, I couldn't agree more. I think that it's very transparent when somebody is putting across messages that they don't even believe in or like (laughs) trying to be someone that they're not. I think that you can really see through that pretty quickly. Yeah, And I think that, um, you know, both of us, one of our, you know, core values that we stand on is being authentic and being who we mm-hmm. are. And I think that people can tell that through the way that we play, through the way we are on social media, through the way we speak in interviews, whatever it may be. It's very clear to see people who are genuine with their platforms and then yeah. people who are just kind of, you know, signing deals to sign deals. And they may not even right. believe in the product that they're using. So I, mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. And I think that everything great is going to come from that. For but, sure. But Kind of heading into our last segment here, we do a rapid fire vibe check. Okay. So I'm going to need all your answers to be as quick as possible off the noggin. We've had some issues in the past with people <laughs> going um, and taking a few minutes. Well, you know, no time for it. We need we need speed Straight here. to the point. All Straight right. to the point. Okay, so here we go. First question is, what's the drill you never want to see on your practice plan? Um, Five-star closeouts. Oh, that sounds awful. That That sounds absolutely awful. (laughs) Yep, take it out. Okay, um, what's your off-the-court go-to sneaker? Oh, Jordan 1s or Uggs. I wear Uggs Uggs a lot. Okay, we have on opposite sides of the spectrum, but both (laughs) both great options. I see. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, game-winning shot or game-winning steal? Oh, I really love defense, but the shot, like, that's legendary, you know? It's legendary. That's legendary. I'm with you. Okay. And one or three-pointer? And one. Mm-hmm. Tough, the tough. hype that comes from it? And yeah. one. And one. Okay. What's your go-to trash talk line? Oh, uh, 
oh, dang, I'm trying not to be that person. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've heard it on the other end. You'd be like, she can't guard me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or I'll say about my teammates, like, usually I don't trash talk first, but, like, if I hear someone say anything, I'm, like, super protective over my teammates. So, like, Mm -hmm. if they say anything, like, yeah, they can't guard you. Like, I'll say it right in front of them. They can't guard you. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm (laughs) definitely one to be like, oh, you said what about her? Oh, okay. exactly. Okay, bet. Ice pack or ice bath? Oh, ice pack. Ice pack, yeah. Ice baths are freezing. Freezing. Okay, what's your go-to move on the court? Go to move. Um, definitely maybe like in and out cross. It depends. If they bite at the in and out, then mm-hmm. I can just, you know, keep going. But if they don't, then cross over. I got you. Okay. Yep. Where's the hardest place to play on the road? Oh, I would say maybe Arizona. I just That's remember I going thinking. there and it is so loud in there. Like you cannot hear anyone. So probably Arizona. Yeah, I agree. Arizona's loud. They get a lot of fans. Oh, loud. Yeah. Um, okay, what's the college with the best facilities? Oh, um, I'm just going to go with UCLA. I don't really know too much about all of the other schools, only the schools I got recruited to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, we have our own, like, separate facility for just basketball. So, like, that's super nice. So I'm going to go with UCLA. Yeah, UCLA, UCLA is nice. I would say <laughs> I would say UCLA is up there. I think Polly is gorgeous. Um, yes, and I is. think during our COVID year, we got to practice at your facilities. And it's nice. The extra building yeah. is nice. Yeah, it is. The one I for always sure. say is Oregon's nice just because of Nike and everything that they have there. They that's have a nice good point. stuff. Yeah. But UCLA, UCLA is up there for me, too. For sure, for sure. Um, what is your biggest basketball ick? Um, biggest basketball ick? Oh, when you give, like, a post player, like, a great pass and they miss the layup. <laughs> they don't finish. Like, like, I just did all of that and you go miss the layup, you know? Like, that's crazy. I got you. And you're like, come, yeah. I did all that just for, right. oh, I'm not hearing it. Yeah, Okay, exactly. I mean, last question here is, what is your best impersonation of Coach Corey? Oh, God. What does she do? She does a lot of things. <laughs> She's very animated, which I love. She is. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this isn't really an impersonation, but it's so funny. And I probably shouldn't be, like, paying attention to this in the film. But when we watch film of us, like, you can see her on the sideline, obviously. And, like, whenever we, like, shoot a shot or, like, a shot goes up, like, she, like, moves. Like, yeah, she doesn't like, lean. controlling she the shot. Lean. Yeah, yeah. That is so funny to me. It's not <laughs> an impersonation, but it's a good one. She does that all the time. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, I think Corey is so funny because, like, I know whenever I'll take out the ball, like, in front of your bench, Corey will uh-huh. try to, like, tell me something. And she's like, she's like, Haley, don't make the pass. Or, like, Haley, this. I'm like, uh, Corey, Corey. I'm like, please. <laughs> I'm trying to lock in right now. So, That's funny. funny. I didn't even know that. That's she's hilarious. Funny. She's funny. She'd be, she be chatting with me during the games. I'm like, she's trying to get me out the focus. I'm like, Corey, right. <laughs> I'll talk to you after the game. There's no time. But she's That's always funny. one of the nicest coaches in the handshake lines. It's nothing but good vibes with her. Charisma, thank you so much for being on today. This has been so great, so fun. And I'm so excited for you coming back next year. Go Bruins, kind of. <laughs> go, Bruins. I, go Bruins when I'm coming back to watch you and I'm not gotcha. playing against you okay. anymore. That's but, fair, that's fair. <laughs> but we'll be back soon with another episode always following the latest on women's hoops. This has been Sometimes I Hoop.
Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to Sometimes I Hoop. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Haley.Jones, that's no I in Haley, and three S's in Jones, to get all the Sometimes I Hoop content. You can also watch the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Thanks again for all your support. The Players Tribune.com